Hello, fans, and welcome to episode 13 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. I am the host, the director of broadcasting and communications with the Glads, Mike Fulton. We thank you for joining us here on our 13th episode. Do subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening from. Leave us a review. Give us a rating. We love that. Uh, for more team info, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at ATL Gladiators and, of course, online at AtlantaGladiators.com. We are recording this in the middle of the day here on Tuesday, December 14th. Uh, Glads are on the road right now here in uh, the southwest part of Florida. The Glads going to take on the Florida Everblades here in three games this week. But first, let's kind of break down where things are at for the Gladiators right now. Atlanta at 10-9-2-0 on the season. Glads just finished up a stretch of four games in five days. They were really busy this past week. Cameron Kiley stole the show a little bit offensively for Atlanta over the weekend. He had seven points in the last three games. It started off on Friday for Kiley. He put up a goal and two assists there against Orlando. And then the next night on Saturday, he had his first multi-goal effort of the season. And then on Sunday, he also put up a goal and an assist. So Cameron Kiley, number 51, is red hot right now for the Glads. He had been really held in check offensively his first few games uh, with Atlanta since signing with the team back on Thanksgiving. But uh, like we said in the past weekend, he has been the top point producer here for the Glads. Mike Pellick has also gotten it going a little bit for Atlanta as well. Pellick with a goal and an assist in each of his last two games as well. So there's Those are two guys up front that have started to get their engines going a little bit offensively for Atlanta. And goal scoring was something that the Gladiators needed and had been struggling with recently. The offense had had been kind of sputtering out throughout games. But over this past weekend, we saw a bit of a goal outburst from the Gladiators, especially on Friday against Orlando and then on Saturday against Greenville. Ten goals in those two games combined. Uh, Atlanta would then turn around on Sunday and only put up two in that 3-2 to two loss against Greenville. Again, that was their fourth game in five days, so uh, the guys were a little bit gassed there, and it uh, maybe leaked through there against Greenville on that Sunday afternoon game. Uh, we do want to mention our guest here. We have Gladiators defenseman Greg Campbell with us this week, and uh, Campbell was a, a pretty fun, quick, uh, short interview, a uh, real chipper guy, easy to talk to, and we have a good talk with him that uh, we think that you will Enjoy. That's going to come up here in just a few moments, but first let's get to our Sens segment this week where we give updates on the NHL and AHL affiliates of the Gladiators. That's the Ottawa Senators up at the NHL and the Belleville Senators in the American Hockey League. That's AAA, uh, so one station in between the ECHL and the NHL. The Ottawa Senators are still sitting pretty far down right now in the standings in the Atlantic Division. They are second to last ahead of only the Montreal Canadiens out of seven teams in that Atlantic Division. Uh, There are, excuse me, eight teams in that Atlantic Division. There are some uh, real good teams in that table. You have the Florida Panthers, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, and the Detroit Red Wings that are all playing really good hockey. Detroit's a little closer to 500, but they've been a pleasant surprise uh, this year. Then you've got teams like Buffalo, Ottawa, and Montreal that have really struggled this year. Remember, the Senators had to deal with those COVID issues back through October and November. They've since kind of gotten past that, uh, and they are a little bit here on the road to recovery, trying to fight their way back um, into contention in the Atlantic Division. 
Ottawa's won four of their last five, and some of those wins have come against real quality opponents as well. Uh, the Senators took down the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche, two of the top dogs in the NHL right now. They also beat the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they lost to the New York Islanders this past week. But then uh, on Saturday, Ottawa took down Tampa Bay, the reigning Stanley Cup champions, 4 to nothing. Uh, Brady Kachuk, the captain, got his first career NHL hat trick. Anton Forsberg got his first career shutout in net for Ottawa. So it was kind of a banner day all around there for the Senators as they take down one of the best clubs, not only in that division, but in the entire NHL as well. So Ottawa has won four of their last five. They will try and continue to build momentum here. They actually play uh, the Florida Panthers here uh, tonight, actually. Uh, that they will be playing their a former teammate of many of those guys on the Senator squad and a former Senator Anthony Duclair. Uh, but the Panthers will not have one of their leaders up front. Alexander Barkov will not play tonight for the Panthers, so his absence is going to be you know a good thing for the Senators. But Ottawa will look to stay hot. They are still eight games below 500. The Senators are eight, 16, and one. A lot of that is due to a dreadful. November. They lost 11 games in the month of November. But Ottawa has been playing uh, much better recently, and so have the AHL affiliate of the Gladiators, the Belleville Senators. After winning four in a row, Belleville then lost three in a row, but then they've won their last two games. They've taken down the Providence Bruins and the Bridgeport Islanders here recently. So Belleville once again trending back up in the North Division, up in the AHL. The head coach, Troy Mann for Belleville, just coached his 500th AHL game, so a bit of a milestone for him. He is in his eighth season as a head coach in the American Hockey League. Mann actually played in the ECHL, and he won a Kelly Cup with the Mississippi Seawolves back in 1999. The B-Sens play tomorrow night against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. All right, now it is time to bring you our interview with Gladiators defenseman Greg Campbell. But before we get to that, we do want to thank our partner, Orthosport and Spine Physicians. Orthosport and Spine Physicians is now the official team doctor of the Gladiators, as well as the naming partner for the Glad's Home Ice. Orthosport and Spine Physicians specializes in providing state-of-the-art, minimally invasive treatments for complex neck and spine problems, as well as sports-related injuries and conditions. They also serve patients who travel to their office from other areas in the Southeast and throughout the country. Let them help you get back in the game. All right, and now, Greg Campbell. And now we bring on one of the Atlanta Gladiators defensemen, Greg Campbell, or Soupy as they call him, man. Thanks for coming on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Has it always been soupy? Yeah, uh, it started way back, I think, with my dad when he was a kid and it just carried on throughout the family. You know, it's, just, it's just a thing. I think it goes on with any guy that's named Campbell. It's just a generic uh, nickname. Yeah, that's great. It's kind of a layup, right, as yeah. far as hockey nicknames go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, take us through the start of the season here a little bit, how things have been going for, uh, for the team and, and how things have been going for you as well. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're off to a pretty good start. I'd say, you know, every game that we've played, we've had a chance to win. Uh, we obviously had that hot start and, uh, we're on a little, little rocky road right now, but, uh, big week going into Florida should, uh, with, with all the boys in a hotel, it's going to be nice and to get away and, and, uh, have a good road trip and hopefully get some wins along the way. 
We're recording this here on December 13th. You guys just finished up uh, four games in five days, a real busy stretch. What does a player have to do to kind of get ready for that and, and make his make his way through a stretch like that while still competing at a high level? Um, you know, uh, Jeff talks about uh, how, to, how to play the game uh, a certain way throughout, throughout these, these games, these long stretches, not being able to get hit avoiding hits and uh, just like saving your legs. So, you know, I take that in consideration and maybe not jump up in the rush in certain plays and just save the legs for knowing that we have two or three more games this weekend. So uh, it's just conserving your energy, obviously taking ice baths and do whatever you can off the ice to, to keep you ready. Are you an ice bath guy? You're not a hot tub guy. I, I, I'm not an ice bath guy. Uh, if I have to, I'll do it. If I'm forced to, forced to do it, I'll obviously do it. But I, I try to avoid those at all costs. Who on the team is jumping in the ice? I think Nezzy is big on that, right? Oh, no, yeah. Nezzy lives in there. You'll see him <laughs> covering nice packs and um, in the tub. So, you know, we, everyone looks up to him, obviously, on the team. And seeing him do that for all these years and continue to have the drive that he does, it's really inspiring. The other night, it looked like you had your third goal of the year, a shot from the point. Uh, I think actually Cameron Kiley might have might have tipped it in front. Yeah. Uh, did, did you think you got that or did you, did you know it went in off of uh, off of cam before it got into the back? I, of the I net? couldn't I couldn't see where the, the guy was in front of me. So I, I thought I, I just scored. Everyone kind of came to me and I thought I scored. And uh, Cam kind of whispered to me. That I, was, I tipped that one. So I, I let him go lead the lead the charge there. But uh Whatever goals, goal, goals, goal, assist, assist. Uh, as long as we get the win, I'm happy. Yeah, no, there you go. As a defenseman, is that just a bummer? I mean, I have to think that's one of the more disappointing things in hockey, thinking that you scored and then, you know, you get a little someone whispering in your ear in the huddle like, hey, bud, sorry, I, I got that one. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're kind of hard to come by uh, for, for DMN, sometimes for certain DMN. So it's nice to get those goals. But again, if we get the win, that's all that matters for me. You've had two goals here to start the season. It's been good for you to, to see the puck go in the back of the net here to start. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to get them early. Um, a little more would I would be more happy with, but uh, uh, no, it's still nice to get those early goals and um, yeah, keep going with them. Uh, let, let's talk about the the team and the group so far here. Has it been easy to come together as a unit with this group so far? Uh, yeah, I think we came together pretty closely. Um, pretty fast. So we, some guys knew each other before, some guys played with each other before. So um, it kind of just kind of clicked right away. Everyone's kind of gets along, everyone hangs out and um, it kind of shows on the ice when we when we're really on top of our game, we're really a tough team to play against. Who, who's your roommate on the road? Uh, I got uh, JT, Josh Thoreau. Okay. So they split yeah. up the thrower brothers, really? Yeah, they did. Uh, I think they needed a little separation. They kind of <laughs> need that for themselves. Okay, so you're with Josh Thrower. You were on a, a D a defensive pairing with him the other night as well. Is that who? That's not who your roommate is, though. Here in the apartments, though, yeah. No, I got uh, Topes and Gertz here, so it's a little change up. They got a little more fire energy here, and uh, so it, it's nice living with them, though. So you got the a couple of the Macon guys. They played together uh, a season ago. Are, are they kind of linked a little bit there on the same? Um, yeah, you know, at the beginning for sure, they had their their little click. They got a clicked right away obviously but I, I kind of knew Topes from uh, back home he we skated together we I, I played against him for three years in college he went to Princeton went to Union so we're kind of familiar with each other so it was pretty easy getting to know him and uh, get along obviously are they are they pretty good as roommates or is, is one of them a little messy or are you the messy guy or, or who's keeping the the ship tidy over there 
Uh, well, me and Gert's the older ones. We kind of, kind of keep uh, Topes, our little brother, in check every once in a while. Uh, that's good stuff. What about the food? You guys cooking over there? Yeah, you know, everyone, everyone does their own meals, but we, we, everyone cooks. It's we got a pretty good couple of chefs in this household, so it's nice. Uh, well, what are you whipping up? I, I kind of keep it simple. You know, it's it's either a protein and, <laughs> and rice or anything. Chicken salad. and rice. <laughs> Chicken and rice. Kind of keep it simple. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, who keeps the room light for you guys? Who are the jokesters in there? Uh, Timmy, obviously he's, he's right away. As soon as he got here, he kind of brought light to the room and he's just a jokester. Um, Nelly, obviously he's, he's a funny guy. We've got plenty of guys who keep the room light and uh, obviously we've got the leaders in the room that uh, keep the guys in check as well. As so far you've played as both a, a forward and a defenseman, uh, kind of similar to to what Coach Jeff Pyle did in his playing days. Do you think that that versatility helps you relate to him a little bit? Because he loves guys that can go both ways like that. Yeah, I I didn't really I didn't know that he did that until he brought it up in a, a video session one time, and I it was it was kind of cool because he he's talked about me playing up there when he needs me. Obviously, he's not going to put me when he doesn't need me, but he likes that. Uh, I bring that defensive mindset to, to the up front and let the other two obviously play their game down low. But yeah, it's, it's cool to relate to that with him. And uh, we obviously chat about it and watch video and uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to know that he, he did that. Was that a video session of like him back in the old day or, or what was that? No, 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 no. no he's got some, old, he's got some old ones though. He shows a power play clip um back when they had an amazing team i'm pretty sure back then so it's it's cool to see those videos and to see the the plays work then and then he tries to relate them to us now i wasn't sure if he brought out the old film sets and was showing the guys you know the way that he used to wheel and deal out there i'm sure i'm I'm sure he has those videos we see it we see it on the ice every day he he straps on those shin pads so yeah he likes to jump right into the drills oh when when there when there's a guy missing a drill or a guy that we need an extra body. He's never, he's never too late to be right there and right in the mix with everyone. Has that ever caught you by surprise a little bit? Kind of whipping around, and then all of a sudden you got coach skating up right next to you. At, at the beginning, yeah, he was he was doing, but now it's he's diving around. He does he, he's playing as if he he's ready to strap him up on Friday nights. He's blocking shots and and diving, yeah, get pucks exactly. out of the zone, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get into your career a little bit here. Yeah, you played in juniors in your hometown up in Oakville. Is that right? Yeah, uh, all the way growing up from when I was first learning to skate all the way to juniors. And in my junior career, I played in the Oakville program, and I wouldn't have changed it. I love playing there for all the coaches. And, uh, yeah, I had some great times there. Were you a bit of a rock star then playing in the hometown? Uh, when you get to the junior level, it's a little bit. Um, I think back in the day, it was a little more rock star. If you were played on the, the Oakville Blades, it's kind of – leaned a little bit further from that now but uh you know still playing for the hometown that's always a kid's dream when you're playing hockey is playing for the Oakville Blades and I I did that for three years and it was great and you had some juice back then up top too right some flow oh yeah I had I had the hair down to to here thinking that was cool and I I have long hair now and I I can't wait to cut it I just gotta find a time to do that so you had you had the flow you had like the visor as well like a 16 year old and stuff oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) that's uh that had to been a a sight to see so from uh from juniors in your hometown you come down to the states and start playing college hockey at Union College in upstate New York what led you there did you have other offers I mean what was that path like to get to Union um, well, first I, I played lacrosse growing up as well. And I was, 
a much better lacrosse player. And I had, I knew there was going to be a time in my life where I needed to choose between the two because I couldn't do both. And, um, a lot of offers came in for lacrosse and I went to a, a visit to Penn state and the coach offered me a, a scholarship there. And he, he knew I was playing hockey. And he said, I'll give you a week to decide if you want to play hockey or lacrosse. And ultimately I chose hockey. And at that time I had nothing going for me with hockey I had no offers, no visits or anything. And then I was just patient with it. And one year I, I had gross, a growth spurt did really well. And then I got some offers and union came calling and it was just a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. What was it like there? Is it a small town? Like I think a lot of people here in the South are used to the big universities, right? The big football schools. Yeah. What was, what was it like going to uh, attending union college up in Schenectady? It's, it's, it's not a big, big town. You're not getting <laughs> the college kids or whatever. It's a 2,500 students campus, but the, the hockey program there, it's prestige and, Mm-hmm. you're you're known around the town and people come from all over the little towns across uh the city there to come watch you play and it's a it's a magical place to play in that um that old barn that old dome there it, it, that's pretty a uh, pretty intimate setting that barn there yeah it's they haven't really they've done a little renovation obviously in like the the main area but it's still all intact from back in the day from whatever how long and old it is it's still all wood so when it packs, it's very loud in there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the good thing about those those small arenas. But uh, let's get into the pro career. You you turn pro, and then two games into your rookie season, you get traded. That was from what Florida to Allen, right? Um, yeah, I started in Florida, and then I was there for I was there for two months, I think, I believe. Go through training and, camp with the team and stuff. And- yeah, and then we were. I didn't play at all. The coaches were actually they wanted me to stay. I don't know if they were just saying that, but, uh, and, uh, just came a time where it was, it was, it was a time to move if I wasn't going to get the opportunity. And Alan, they knew me from Minnesota cause they were through their, they're affiliated. So the, uh, the coach saw me there at the Minnesota camp and he, he said, why aren't you playing? Let's come down here. I'll, you'll have some playing time and went there for a bit. Didn't work out. And then so happy that Jeff, uh, accepted that trade and got me here and I loved it here ever since. Yeah. So, so you jumped ahead. So you're first traded two games into your rookie season and then you're traded a few months later uh, from Allen to Atlanta. So you get traded twice in your rookie year. Like, was that kind of what you expected? I mean, was that like kind of difficult to go through there for you? Yeah, it was, it was kind of a wake up call. I didn't, uh, cause you're at, you're at school for four years well, first year in juniors, you don't get traded at all. And then you go to school for four years and there's no trades in college hockey. And then it's kind of a wake up call and you get to pro and it, just, it happens that quickly. So um, obviously it's not what I would have liked, but I'm happy it did happen because it led me here to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So you signed with Atlanta before the uh, the start of the canceled season. So before the start of the 2020-2021 season, did Jeff have to recruit you back or did you just want to sign with Atlanta again after having finished the previous season uh, here in Duluth? Um, no, Jeff actually, he, he called, I couldn't stay for the end of the meetings two years ago when we left because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was on my drive home and Jeff actually called me and he, he said, he, would you like to come back here? And I, it was, it was a no brainer for me. And I kind of, obviously it wasn't in writing, but it was in that moment when I knew it was going to come back. Right. And so were you heading home just to get across the Canadian border? And, yeah, and get I just home to family? get home as quick as possible. I didn't, didn't know if I was going to be stuck in Atlanta for the summer or something. Yeah. 
No, it is kind of crazy because some guys who continued playing, like they got, you know, stuck and didn't see their family for, for, you know, two years basically now. Yeah. It's a wild. Yeah. That was, and that's kind of what went in my consideration for the next year, obviously. So you didn't play last season. You just kind of took the season off, I guess, in a sense, it wasn't that you didn't find the right fit. You would again, signed with Atlanta before the year Glads didn't play and you sat out. Were you able to kind of keep busy in the year since? Like, how'd you stay in shape and stuff? Um, so in, in Canada, it was a little more strict than the United States. So there was no ice. There was no for a year and a half or whenever, how long we were gone. But luckily, my my older brother had a gym in his garage, and I was able to use that to stay in shape. And that's the best I can do. And that's what um, a lot of people have to deal with, to just find ways to stay in shape and be ready when that time comes if, if you want to play. That, that's got to be tough for a few months there, just working out in a garage. I would think that gets a little depressing in there. It gets, it gets a little lonely. It gets a little depressing. You listen to the same music. Yeah, it can get, it can get tiring. Well, Greg, we are sure glad to have you here in Atlanta. Thanks for taking the time here, and, uh, and good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks for having me. Go that Glass. Is, that is Greg Campbell, the defenseman for the Atlanta Gladiators and part-time forward, a little bit, but mostly defenseman. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Yeah, see ya. Nice quick talk there with Greg. He has uh, been a pretty consistent guy on the blue line for the Gladiators here this year. He dealt with a bit of a lower body injury throughout part of the season, but he is back and active now. It's fun to watch him skate around with his good skill and speed in the back end for the Gladiators. Atlanta will play the Florida Everblades tomorrow night, so Wednesday night here coming up, and then the Glads and the Blades will tangle again on Friday and Saturday. It is a three-game week-long road trip here to Estero, Florida, just south of Fort Myers and just north of Naples. The Everblades right now sit atop the South Division in the ECHL with 27 points. The Glads are five points behind them. Uh, with 22. So it's a great opportunity right now for Atlanta to to try and make up some ground on uh, the top dogs in the South Division. Florida is coming fresh off of a weekend out in Norfolk where the Everblades swept the Admirals, and that's coming after the Blades themselves were swept by Trois-Rivières. Kind of an interesting note here on the Everblades. They have really struggled at home here to start the year. Florida is just 2-6-2 when playing at Hertz Arena this season. We will see if the Glads can take advantage of that. Atlanta and Florida have met one time previously this year. That was back in early November. The Glads took home a 3-2 overtime win back up in Duluth. If you're trying to listen to the game or watch the game, you can listen on Mixler.com. A link will be tweeted out prior to the game. You can also find that link uh, in a listen live format on the Gladiators app, but also uh, on the AtlanticGladiators.com. And then, of course, uh, you can also watch the action on FlowHockey.tv. And if you have that Flow Hockey subscription, you can watch games from all across the league. You can go back and watch archived games as well. So pretty neat there if you're looking to keep tabs on the rest of the South Division, other teams that the Gladiators might be playing. Uh, or maybe just some Gladiators hockey as well. But puck drop is at 7.30 on Wednesday night and Friday night down here in Estero, and then 7 o'clock on Saturday night. You'll be hearing from me on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. I'll have the call for the game, so we will see you there. And if you can't catch the games, we will see you next week on another edition of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. (laughs) 